Hey everybody, I'm Jacob. Uh, it's great to be talking to you right now. I'm really excited to share with you what God has put on my heart um, and concerning this passage. Today we're going to be talking uh, through Ephesians 2, 11 through 22. Go ahead, if you've got a Bible, flip there, uh, look it up online, go on your Bible app, whatever you have. Just go ahead and go do that. Um, I'm going to jump right into it and just, just get into the meat of it. But essentially, this whole book, the book of Ephesians, is a letter that Paul is writing to a group in Ephesus. Uh, Ephesus is an ancient, you know, Greek city. <clears throat> and so he writes this letter, and, and it's specifically this part of the letter, to remind people that we are all united under Christ, that there is no separation of people groups, there is no separation of, of, uh, uh, of people from God, that, that we can have a relationship with him and, and be united under him, which is um, a pretty, pretty crazy idea, not only at the time, but also now. And so there's a whole lot in these 11 verses that I could just talk for hours and hours, but I really wanted to boil it down to uh, three types of people that we can see uh, in, this, in this section. Uh, this is not like one of those situations where every type of person in the world boils down to one of these three types. That's not what happens. That's a really simplistic way to look at the world. But um, I think if you listen closely, you might be able to identify with one of these three types of people. So the first type is actually, um, Paul mentions them specifically because it is a specific uh, person they were writing to, and that is the Jews. Um, so yes, this passage is specifically talking about a, a specific group of people that were Jewish. Um, but the characteristics of these people um, are, have something that I think we could probably learn from. So in verse 11, just starting right off, it, um, Paul says, the Jews, he talks about them, he said, who were proud of their circumcision, even though it affected only their bodies and not their hearts. What does that mean? That's a super weird thing that you just heard come out of my mouth. Well, essentially, circumcision uh, was, that's talked about here, it's what God used. It was his covenant, his promise that he made to a group of people, the Jewish people, uh, that set them apart from the whole rest of the world with the goal of God was going to set these people apart and he was going to pour out his blessing on them. He was going to bless the pants off of them or on them. And he, uh, and he did. He was going to do that. And the goal of him doing that was to show the world, I am God. I created you and I love you and I want to have a relationship with you. Follow these people, do what they do and come and have a relationship with me. That sounds awesome. I mean, that sounds great. I wish I was you know, in that situation, I was chosen by God to be blessed the pants off of. That's great. But instead, what happened over time is as God um, set them apart, he had to cr create kind of a special command for them to follow so that they would be different from the world, so that the world wouldn't think, well, how is your God any different from my God? And so um, they started to make more rules on top of God's commands. And not only did they start to make more rules on top of God's commands, they started to equate those rules with God's commands. These people who were doing this, the Bible talks about them, they're called the Pharisees. Not everybody was doing this, but this certain group was saying, you know, if you want to follow God, you have to do all these extra things, and, and God really wants you to do it, and you're, but you're never going to do it as good as me because I'm the best at following rules. 
And it kind of just became this competition. Who can follow the best rules instead of who is actually following God, the God who created them? And so you might think to yourself, Jacob, I don't really identify with this. Um, I have a hard enough time following general rules. <laughs> That's already a hard thing for me. So I don't think extra rules is my problem. And that makes sense. But ask yourself this. Um, do you constantly find yourself exhausted, uh, tired, irritated, just totally filled with guilt all the time? Do you care more about how other people see you following God more than you do actually following God? Because if that's the case, but you might actually be creating more rules for yourself. Because the Bible is really clear. We aren't supposed to follow a set of rules. We're supposed to follow Christ. And so if you are trying out of your own power to make yourself look as good as possible and as, as Christian-y as possible, you're going to get tired. I, I know because I was there. I, I got tired. When I came to Challenge, I, I found God, and it was, a, it was a big deal for me, and I really decided to give my life to it. And the more I did, the more praise I got from other people, and, and that really fed me to do more and more until I got to a point where I was working from 5.30 in the morning until 1 p.m., and then I was also taking 15 units, and I had a bunch of responsibilities on top of that, and I was burnt. I couldn't do it anymore. I was so tired and so exhausted and so guilty all the time. And the switch really happened for me when I decided I wasn't going to do this for people's approval anymore. I was going to do this because God wanted me to, and he was going to propel me through it. And so I repented. I prayed. I asked God to help me to, uh, to stop caring so much about what others think of me and think more about what he thinks of me. And then this, this verse became true in my life. It's Matthew 11, 28 through 30. I'm going to summarize a little bit. Uh, Jesus is talking and he says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Man, that was not true of me and it became true when I repented, when I told God, I don't want to, I don't want to be like this anymore. I need your help. And so if you're if you're thinking right now, yeah, I'm exhausted. I'm so done putting on the facade. I, I can't do it anymore. Maybe what you need to do is confess to God. You need to tell him, I've been living for others' approval and not for your approval. I've been uh, trying to make myself look better than I really am. And God, I just want to submit to you right now. And I, I want to do what you ask me to do. The second type of person that I saw in here uh, is the Gentile. So Gentile is a weird word that we don't use anymore. In Bible times, it was, there were two types of people in the world. There was Jews, and then there was not Jews, and that word is Gentile. So this letter, this, when the letter addresses Gentiles, it's saying, everybody who is not a Jew, listen up. <laughs> so um, the Jews were the people actually who Paul was, was writing to in the first place. Um, these people didn't grow up going to the synagogue. Uh, they didn't grow up going to church. Uh, they didn't know God for who he was. They worshiped other gods, false gods, um, or maybe no gods. They, they you know, just didn't have any concepts for that. 
Um, the Bible describes it like this in Ephesians 2, 12 through 13, in this, in this passage we're talking about. It says, In those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel, and you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope, but you've been united with Jesus Christ. Once you were far away from God, but now you've been brought near to him through the blood of Christ. So it might have been tempting for them to have... Uh, lived a life where they were constantly um, working themselves to death, trying not to anger some false gods that were going to crush them every time they batted an eyelash the wrong way, uh, to really start thinking, wow, this Jesus guy, the only thing he requires of me is to believe in him, and I get my ticket into heaven. That's amazing. You know, that's all I need. I'm just going to keep living my life, and I'll tuck this ticket away, and I'll never have to think about it again. But that's, that it makes sense why someone might be tempted to think that. But let's look at what um, the passage actually says uh, later on. It says, So now you Gentiles are no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. We are carefully joined together in him, becoming a holy temple for the Lord. Through him, you Gentiles are also being made part of the dwelling where God lives by his spirit. We are adopted into God's family. That's, I mean, that's awesome, and that should be, we should be jumping out of our seats because of that. But with any privilege comes a responsibility, or as my, as my hero once said, with great power comes great responsibility, right? Uncle Ben. Um, when we are reconciled to God, that is a great and, and wonderful thing. But it's, it's more than that. We are now a part of his family, and even more than that, the Bible actually says we are ambassadors. If you know what an ambassador is, it's a representative of a different place. You know, if you were ambassador of the United States, you would be in a different country representing the United States. And so the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.20 that we are actually ambassadors of heaven. That that is actually our home and that's who we represent. So don't be tempted to think about this get out of jail free card. Because that's not what it is. What it actually is, is you surrendering your life to the God who loves you so much that he sent his only son to die for you so that you could live a better life than the one you had been living up until that point. God loves you way too much to say, come as you are and stay that way. He's going to say, come as you are and let me help you be the best you you can become. So maybe if you think that you might identify with this person, that you're frustrated that you're not getting anywhere in your walk with God, or, or maybe you've just been, you prayed a prayer once and you don't know how to, how to proceed, then what you should probably do next is be honest with yourself and with a mentor, um, someone who really wants to help you grow in your walk with God. Ask them, is there anything that you see in my life that you think God might want to change? And ask God, God, is there anything you see in my life that you want me to change? How can I be more like your son? Interesting side note here. Person one and person two that we've talked about so far, both of their lives look really different. One person you might think has, all, has it all together but is still empty and broken inside. And the other person you might think, there's no way, you know, they know God, but they just need a push in the right direction. Both people, the answer is you need Christ. 
And that's also the answer to this third person. Now, in this passage, it talks directly about two people, Jews and Gentiles. But those are Jews and Gentiles who come to know Christ. So there's an inferred third person, someone who does not know Christ. Someone who doesn't have a relationship with him yet. Is that you right now? Do you want a relationship with Christ and don't know how to proceed? Or have you not really thought about it before? Or do you have questions? Those are great. That's great to, to acknowledge in your life. The Bible says in this passage that you can be united with Christ and his family here on earth. In verse 14, it says, For Christ himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into the people when, on his own body on the cross. And he broke down the wall of his hostility that separated us. He has done the work and he has died so that he could have a relationship with you. So no matter what type of person you identify with tonight, the answer lies in Christ. Are you tired? Christ is your rest. Are you frustrated or, or you don't know where to go? Look to Christ and he will help you make your next step. Or maybe you don't know Christ yet. You don't know where you stand with him. You don't know if I were to ask you what percentage chance do you have to get to heaven? You don't know what your answer would be. That's okay. Your next step will probably be, we're going to drop a connect card in the chat, hopefully right around now, and uh, your next step will probably be to just write in there, I want to know more about what it means to follow Christ. Then we'll have someone from Challenge. We love helping people in their walks with God. Um, so we'll have someone from Challenge reach out to you and, and help you. Um, I'm going to go ahead and, and pray. I'm going to invite the band to come up. And uh, as I pray, just pray along with me. What kind of person do you identify with? And how can you uh, take your next step? So I'm going to pray. God, I don't want to be burnt out anymore. I want to be fulfilled only in you. I don't want to be the same person I was when I first came to you. I want you to help me grow, and I submit my life to you. And God, I don't know if you're, I, don't, I might not know if you're real. I don't know who I'm praying to right now, or, or maybe I, I do, and I just, I don't know how to grow deeper in my relationship with you. God, I know that you sent your son to die for me, and I want that blessing that you have for me. I want to live a life for you. So please, God, help me to make the right next step. Help me to move forward. And God, put people in my life that will help me do that. In Jesus' name, amen.